Hello and welcome to Platforms for Future. This podcast is about building and scaling B2B platform ventures to help you to accelerate and de-risk your journey with practical tips and insights. In our conversations, we talk to founders, executives, and experts uncovering what they experienced and learned building their ventures. But we also cover new trends like ecosystem strategies, IoT and data platforms, Web3 and sustainability. This podcast is complementary to our Platform Innovation Kit toolset and the Platform Academy, where you can find more tools and learning opportunities for you and your team. For more information, please visit platforminnovationkit.com. And now, enjoy today's conversation. Hello, everybody, and welcome to a new episode of our podcast, Platforms for Future. And today, with me, my lovely co-host, Natalie. Hi, Natalie. Hi, Matthias. Happy to be here again. Oh, nice. Me too. And uh, today we have some two special guests in our podcast. We have Mark and Dirk, both are from the Volkswagen Corporation. And we will today talk about the digital production platform inside of Volkswagen and how can you scale, how can you unlock network effects with a platform inside of a corporation. Hello, Mark. Hello, Dirk. Welcome to our podcast. Hi, Natalie. Hi, Matthias. Uh, Kate, this works very well. Um, so Mark and Dirk, maybe can you give a short introduction? Maybe Mark, can you uh, start? Yeah, hello together. Um, thanks for having, having us today. Um, great opportunity. So my name is Mark Geckler. I'm uh, within the Volkswagen Group IT and um, I'm responsible for so-called business technology platforms. And uh, one of my lovely favorite platform we are trying and we are building actually is the digital production platform. Yeah, and my name is Dirk Vogt. Um, I'm the partner of uh, Mark Eckler. I'm uh, part of the production organization in the business side, and I'm responsible in the BW brand for the digitalization of the whole production. And uh, in, in this, uh, I'm also responsible for the digital production platform as well. Thank you for your introduction. And um, yeah, let's go straight into the conversation. But before we um, talk about all the insights you learned over the last years in building up this platform, maybe can you give a short intro also to our listeners? What is the digital production platform? How does it fit into the overall picture of Volkswagen? Because yeah, we know Volkswagen is also going through a major uh, transformation with mobility is changing and digitalization and so on. So how does the DPP fit into this? And also what exactly is the DPP? Maybe you can explain to our listeners. Well, that's um, not very easy to describe, but as you stated, um, so it, it started in 2018. So where we see that all these um, economical changes, we have these digitalization and, and all these um, lots of these efforts around. And um, so it's one of our um, strategy to move forward and to transform um, into a data-driven company. And um, so we started in the area of production and logistics, um, where we have a lot of uh, heterogeneous um, system landscape, a lot of siloed applications. Um, and we we see that there are a lot of different um, things and data in the shop floor, which is not, which is more or less unlocked. And so we started with that idea to unlock that information um, and building so-called business technology platforms, um, transforming and, and shape, taking the data from the shop floors to the cloud, moving from um, data into information, learning from that, do predictive and, and autonomous things. And um, so we shaped that idea um, together and the 
DPP fits into our so-called three-platform approach of, um, of Volkswagen in the production and logistics area, where we have a, a product, product lifecycle management uh, platform. We have the um, um, still an SAP platform, of course, for the standard um, software in the ERP area. And in the middle, we have that um, digital production platform. So that's the core of our three-platform approach, where we want to put a lot or more, almost the, um, the, the best applications um, into the cloud in the future. So it's also part of the cloud-first um, and um, cloud-first strategy we defined years ago. And uh, beyond that, it's also the idea um, to build then um, applications on top of that, um, on top of the data we put onto the into the cloud, um, reducing complexity, reducing effort, um, and reducing, of course, so the the cost um, in the in the factories. That's the main goal. And that's also one one important part from the perspective of the production is uh, that the production takes place in, in in lots of plants and and all these plants um, have uh, in the in the past a really heterogeneous um, IT landscape and so in the most of the plants we have very innovative ideas we have cool guys that are building software to improve the productivity of the plants but due to this heterogeneity uh, we never were able to share this over the fences of, of the plants. So, um, and with the DPP, the idea is also to, to have a uh, standard for foundation to share data, to enable applications, and to enable also a fast uh, transfer of applications from, from one plant to another. So that's also key for, for the digital transformation of our production overall. It sounds actually like a, a very complicated uh, job to do. <laughs> And I It see is. you nodding. Our listeners cannot see that, but you're both nodding very strongly. Um, so maybe naively, how, how did you get started? Where did you start? Because that sounds like a huge uh, journey. <laughs> So the idea started already in 2018. Um, um, and so by um, looking into our, our factories, seeing that um, that siloed, as, as, as I stated, that siloed applications unlock that data. Um, so we started all with, uh, with some uh, contests. Um, we looked into the market, what's there uh, in, in building a platforms and, and using IoT um, data on how to build a platform. Usually um, we are um, starting with a typical project approach. Uh, and we saw that that might be a difference um, in building not a not a traditional project rather than building a platform for the future where we also have decentralized um, application doing democratizing data and so on. And um, we started with this contest um, and the more we We work together with different companies, different platform providers. So then we come um, to, a, to an idea, to a conclusion, to do it a little bit different and building a platform together with a partner. Can I just um, get to that point that you mentioned in slightly more detail? You, you're saying we sense that it would not be like a traditional project. So we, we did a contest to, to, uh, uh, to, to work with a, a partner. Um, in what sense could was it different or did you see it was going to be different 
Yeah, maybe. So, so as Mark mentioned, so we did also an an an, an, an research on the market, and and we found about 500 uh, IIoT platforms. So 500 <laughs> possibilities to share data. Yeah, uh, most of them very focused, small, and 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 so on. So. Uh, but there was not the only one platform that was ready to use. So uh, normally, normally we are looking for a supplier who offers us uh, a product ready to use, make some customization, and that's it. But that was uh, simply not possible here. So uh, there was no uh, ready-to-use product, and we we uh, really realized that we need to develop this with 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 a partner. So we. Uh, with our core competency of, of manufacturing cars, uh, um, learned that this also needs a strong partnership. And that's why we started these benchmark projects. And, and that was the start of the journey in 2018. And, uh, part of this research and part of this, um, yeah, um, evaluation was this also the op was was there also the option to build your own platform so that let's say a little bit like the the amazon style so what you can build for yourself you maybe can also build for someone others so maybe you can uh, uh if, if if there's not an out of the box platform available build your own one you can put in your intelligence how you uh manufacture cars and this is something maybe you can also give to other um let's say maybe foundries or car manufacturers out there? We think that the automotive industry is different. Our plants are unique. Um, some of our processes are unique. Um, and so we'll, at, at, at that contest, um, it turned out that having a partner in that um, would be something um, totally different. So it's also the partnership, um, and we choose AWS at the end, uh, plus Siemens as a first-class citizen partner. Um, so um, IWS is our main partner, and they are investing into that partner, uh, platform in parallel. So it's not only us investing in that, building it by ourselves, It's also AWS, and that's something which is really different. It sounds very interesting. So you um, um, not only made the decision to go into an I yeah building up an IoT platform, but also choosing partners to do this. So forming an alliance um, with uh, together with AWS and uh, and Siemens. Um, how? So after you selected uh, your partner and how you uh, kicked off the project, what was the journey in the last uh, two years building up the platform? Yeah, I think the journey the journey starts uh, starts with with bringing the teams together. So uh, I, I still remember the first meetings. So uh, there there were a, a group of people, a team of people nearly like aliens yeah coming from seattle uh, to to wolfsburg yeah center center of, uh, of of nowhere from their perspective and uh, yeah it starts it starts uh, also with building a team culture it starts with uh, with learning from each other so uh, on 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 the aws side there were was a team uh, quite innovative uh, with with excellent innovation process with a completely different innovation culture on one hand and on the other hand there there was also a team with a high high amount of experience of uh, building cars of uh, establishing processes that are 
able to to be stable for a very long time, very reliable. So in the first in the first weeks and months, we we nearly had a clash of cultures, and and it was really enriching yeah, to learning from each other. And and I can say I learned a lot in these uh, first months, and I'm still learning. And I think the AWS colleagues are are also learning a lot because they uh, were not in this manufacturing uh, industry, in this automotive industry, in this deepness before, and and so this is also part of our partnership to learn from each other and that's really really valuable what was the a major learning you went through yeah it is it was a, a shock almost a shock for us because we did not start and create a project plan we started creating a narrative a north star a north star narrative and peer faqs we have not done any kind of presentation so we did no powerpoints we created documents and we talked a lot about the long-term vision And um, so that led us first to the, the first statement that we had that press release. So we had working on a, a press release and something which we released. And that was really different in the beginning. And that's a start of a, um, of a new culture for us, learning from a company which has a high innovation, um, a culture of innovation, that principles, culture and technology. And, and that was the difference in the starting. That was really amazing. And when you once you've uh, you've got a press release and you've announced this to the world, there's no going back, right? You you just have to move forward. Exactly. It's still a process, and to look at that and to repeat it and to look constantly into your north star if it's still correct. How did you take those first steps and prioritize? How what did you prioritize and how? You, you mentioned just, you know, working on one plant first, for example. The idea at the start was that we in parallel start building kind of platform, first platform services, which we thought already that might be valuable for the customers. So we started um, a use case driven approach. So we, we did not concentrate too much on, on those, uh, on, the te on the technology uh, and building that platform. So we started to support use cases, finding valuable use cases, supporting them in order to find out what is the, what is required really for a platform. So we tried to do that in parallel. And um, then constantly um, rethinking of that idea over the time, we uh, changed that approach because the more use cases you have, then you need to um, change that concentration. So that was almost the beginning. And uh, looking uh, where you are today, um, can you describe, so after two years of building the platform, where are you today? So how many plants are on board? How many use cases maybe you have, uh, yeah. Uh, created and, and, and supported. So can you give our listeners a kind of a feeling where you are? So, Sure. Um, <laughs> what uh, yeah, yeah, is not so easy to summarize <laughs> in, 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 in one short answer. So, um, so first of all, First of all, uh, VW, the group VW uh, uh, consists of, of uh, several brands. Uh, and, and our first approach was uh, to, on, to onboard at least one plant from every brand. That's what we did in the first year. So, or in, yeah, in the first year already, more or less. So, um, and, and that's also one of our core principles, yeah, to enable the plants to do uh, as much of the job as possible yeah so we we in in, in the beginning we we onboarded uh, one plant per per brand and then we uh, rolled it out uh, 
more and more so uh, currently we we are um, covering at the end uh, about somewhere around uh, 70 percent of our production capaci capacity is now uh, has now access to the dpp and and its services so for sure that does not mean that every equipment is connected now so but we have the plants connected uh, uh, currently the uh, most of the european plants are are connected there are two two or three plants missing in europe and uh, that's where we started then we uh, go over the atlantic um, connected these uh, currently connecting the south american plants and um, yeah, at the end, uh, at the end of this year, we will have onboarded about uh, nearly 50 plants, I guess. And uh, so, uh, our most important, uh, our most important uh, car building plants and also component plants will be connected at the end of this year fully. And uh, yeah, that's the way we go. So, so that's a global uh, uh, scaling. Um, when when we talk about platforms, obviously we talk about network effects. Are they were you able to leverage some network effects for an internal platform? Uh, and if so, which ones? How did you go about this, or did you actually? go in a linear manner, convincing plant by plant? Um, how did you get support from the network effects, if any, uh, in, in scaling this? We had um, several ways how we started that. So we, as Dirk, so, so we, we started by plant by plant. Uh, we we'll took a use case and, and started a little bit smaller, but we had in parallel plans um, they had their really own IT organization and they just really started to follow that idea. So we need to sell that idea of building a platform decentrally. And some of the plans and brands already follow that have their own team and they started uh, quickly building things by themselves. So that was kind of the first little popcorn. And um, But over the time, so as, and, and, and where are we now so far? Um, it's a long turn, it's a marathon, so you need to be patient. And um, so we are not at that point where we have that that flywheel effect we really wish to have. So we see in, in starting beginning of this year that now there is an effect that uh, people are asking us, when can we get on board? The first, um, the first, um, yeah, first year of the project, that was almost um, something like going to each plant, convincing them why we are here, what, do, what does it need to get your data into the cloud, um, building smaller use cases rather than things, uh, big projects, doing smaller things by themselves. Um, that was really a good start, hard start, um, and we'll try to see that popcorn effect hopefully this year. <laughs> Yeah, I like popcorn effect. Uh, yes, me too. <laughs> uh, that is how, how, how you internally call uh, the network effect, uh, like the popcorns, and uh, then one pops, then another one pops, etc. What I also kind of learned is that you wanted to um, achieve a kind of a cross-plant sharing of best practices, let's say this way. So one plant is building up their own apps or their own applications, their own use cases, and you would like to leverage this kind of learning which they put into a into an app or into an application into a use case and share it with the other one is this this is this is for me a true network effect when the other plant uh 
um, yeah, benefits from another plant. So it's not coming from a kind of a central IT, uh, but it's coming from plant to plant. Is this a kind of connection already established or do you see this now popping up more and more or yeah, how is this kind of network, uh, network, yeah. network effect? Yeah, we, we had this more or less from the beginning on. Yeah? In the first in the first year, we, we started with a conference inviting all the plants to be onboarded in the following year. And we asked them, hey, uh, it's not a, only about onboarding, it's also about realizing use cases, uh, which, which use case you can imagine. Yeah, and and then they came up with with a lot of cool ideas, but at the end, uh, much more ideas than resources we had. <laughs> so, um, so uh, and and then the idea was uh, okay, let's build communities. So let's build communities uh, that are taking care of of a class of use cases of a group of use cases, and that's what we did. So one really successful uh, community is our predictive maintenance community. In this community, all guys are organized. They organize themselves. So it's not a formal uh, board or something like this. It's, it's just a community. And all the guys that are building, uh, that are building use cases for predictive maintenance are in there, align themselves, set, set some uh, standards more or less, and um, agreed how to build, uh, uh, look for possible supporters, uh, share experiences, and, and so on. So that's, that's, that's a really cool uh, situation. And uh, so we started with about six communities, I remember, in the first year. And um, that, that helped us a lot of clustering the use cases. And these uh, communities are also prioritizing ideas. Uh, they, they are in contact with, uh, with partners that offering additional solutions. Uh, they are the expert. They, they tell us, okay, this partner would be really valuable and, and this partner XYZ only offers marketing bubbles, for instance. So that's, that's really cool. Dear listeners, I hope you enjoy our podcast and you can learn more about building and scaling a successful platform business. I'm Matthias, CEO of Fastbreak One. And as you know, we at Fastbreak One are platform entrepreneurs by heart. Since over 20 years, we are building new platforms and this makes us one of the most experienced platform venture builders around the globe. If you are a corporate and you tried out different strategies, consultants, IT partners, but your platform initiative struggles to scale, please check out our assessment services. For example, we work closely together with a leading insurance company who tried to establish a platform for two years, but the results were below expectations and the risk to fail was very high. Within one month, we helped them to understand the bottlenecks and created a step-by-step -step plan to scale. Today, we are working very closely with the company and the platform became a market leader. Yes, we are no consultants. We are entrepreneurs and we love to share the risk and go full in in building new platform ventures. Learn more about our experience and our practices of work at our website www.fastbreak.one or send us an email to contact at fastbreak.one. And now let's go back to the conversation. Sounds like a very good uh, approach that you really listen to the customers. So you listen to the users uh, and, and they uh, define what should come next or what you should focus next. Um, so you mentioned 
predictive maintenance as a use case. Uh, and this is, I think, the Class most of use cases. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But this, this, this predictive maintenance thing, this is, I think, the most prominent use case for IoT platforms. All the time you hear about predictive maintenance. So, but what other use cases you also realized or you maybe realized this is something uh, plants are really looking for? I think the, the second um, best um, example would be our industrial computer vision use cases. I mean, we have in parallel started, our team has started to build computer vision um, platform, which is a service inside our platform now. And we started building first use cases in, in order to um, recognize um, labels at, the, at, um, at a car. You imagine we have about I think so 1300 different variants of labels inside a vehicle. And if you have the wrong um, label on the wrong car, so that could hinder you to, um, to deliver cars and so on. Um, we'll do underbody inspection. We'll do crack detection in, the, in, in that uh, area. All that based on that computer vision um, system we built um, totally on top of the DPP by, by ourselves. Another question is regarding the data. Um, so I imagine if you connect multiple plants to a central platform, um, you can also leverage the data which is going through this uh, centralized uh, platform because you can learn and teach AI much faster because uh, if, you if you are a single plant with your own AI, it maybe takes longer to train the AI. But if you can connect multiple plants with multiple data sources, you can train the AI much faster. Um, is this also a case here uh, that you say, yes, connecting multiple plants could also enhance our AI, our yeah, artificial intelligence behind? Um, in that area, we have another use case and in, um, in a few plants, which is called the um, welding spot analytics. So we have welding clamps um, and we'll take that data from the, from the welding spot um, and transfer that data to the cloud and analyze if the welding spots, if they are correct. And so we, it's an, an uh, anomaly, anomaly detection, kind of that. Um, and that's the first use cases where we train the data, we use the data, train the, um, train the algorithm in the cloud. Um, the future, we want to put that um, inferencing of such use cases then also to the edge. Um, so yes, we will um, start it already, things of that. Okay, so it sounds all like a huge success story. So you started two or three years ago, uh, went through a selection, partnered, formed an alliance. Uh, you listened to your customers, uh, onboarded a lot of plants. Now you see the first popcorn effect um, and the network effects kicking in. So what comes next? What are your plans? What is your North Star you want to achieve? So have you uh, achieved your North Star? Do you need to change your narrative a bit or based on what you have learned in the last two years, do you, yeah, what comes next? What is the, the outlook for the next years? So for sure, we so, so this program was started for for a five year uh, period, uh, and and uh, currently we we uh, we are just finishing the third year. So there are uh, a lot of things uh, <laughs> to 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 go, a lot of miles to go, um, but we we just um, did a review for the first half of the project. 
And uh, for sure, we will uh, adapt our activities now. So now uh, so the, the time is coming uh, very soon where we onboarded our most important plans, for instance. So we will take some resources out of the onboarding process and, and will make use uh, of them in, in, in other areas. So we will focus on on supporting more use case demands. Uh, so um, at the end, currently uh, currently we we realize we are realizing several use cases in every plant but uh, we currently we did not cover a whole plant for instance and that would be the the evolutionary step-by-step -step approach now to go and to go broader in the plants to make uh, to spread the use cases uh, to develop additional use cases to offer use cases more functionality capabilities out of the platform and uh, so um to be honest, there will never be an end, yeah, because uh, our our experts will have every time additional ideas, and that's what we are now doing. So first onboarding phase is over, and now we are going to to make more and more use cases possible. And um, just in, in addition, so we we started, as I said, um, a plant-centric approach. So we, we started um, onboarding as much plants as possible in 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 a, in a short time, and we saw that this will not help us to to build that network effect because we'll go in there very short um, with one use case, then we we'll leave and go to the next, and and sometimes we leave them back with with open questions. So last year we started with um, together with you. Um, with your company, the Fastbreak one, and um, with the Platform Innovation Kit, an, a nine-week journey where we then got back to and, and had a lot of interviews um, of our customers. And that um, helped us to reshape that program um, a little bit. And now we are focusing on a holistic um, planned approach. So we are building together with them um, data lakes, data concepts, how to get data out into the, in the personal data lake, um, having kind of decoupled architecture um, and so on. That was really a great thing. In fact, <laughs> Oh, Sorry, Matthias, earlier, well, you know, earlier, Matthias, you said, oh, this sounds like a very successful journey. And I thought you were going to say, okay, but there must have been problems or failures again in, in that journey. And uh, you didn't. So I'm going to ask, were there big problems or big failures that you thought, you know, you, you, you could have avoided or that you couldn't have, but you've learned from? Sure. Every day. <laughs> <laughs> Every day. Every day, uh, every day we learned a lot. Every day we made failures. So there are so many people working. So it's it's quite natural that there are uh, 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 failures and, and and problems. Um, yeah. So so I I guess one of the uh, one of the major learning uh, was that uh, bringing a DPP to the plants is not only a technological challenge. Yeah. So uh, technology is, is really important, but at the end, it's only the the fifty percent of the game. Yeah. Uh, so uh, and and the rest is change management. So and maybe maybe we learned that this was a little bit underestimated at the beginning. So as Mark said, yeah, we we onboarded the plants, told them how to realize the use case. 
And our original assumption was, okay, after building the first use case together with us, they will be able uh, to scale it in their own responsibility. Yeah. So, and, and that was one of the major learnings. Uh, that's too much. Yeah. So we need to support them a little bit longer. We are now uh, setting up uh, enhanced planned onboarding programs where we support them and uh, and we learned also from the first plans that that get a little bit more support uh, realize three four five use cases um, and then they start setting up their own organizations and then they start building their own uh, use cases adapting existing use cases from other plans and that was one of the major learnings i would say from the onboarding perspective also what you mentioned earlier so mark mentioned um so going broad try to onboard a lot of plants, uh, but not going deep into one plant. Uh, this is also a, a failure, or not a failure, but a strategy open table open table started with, and then they realized, hey, we need to, so they, their approach was to go to multiple cities and try to convince as much as restaurants in multiple cities um, at the same time. But instead of going into one city and uh, onboard a lot of restaurants in one city first, and then take this network effect to go to the next city. Uh, so it sounds like a little, little bit by, like that. Um, and what you also mentioned is about the communities. So uh, you mentioned earlier, the communities are a huge uh, driver of growth and uh, convincing and uh, being part of change management. So have are those communities part of your enhanced onboarding process or those is this something stable? So you have uh, kind of um, community managers established. So how do you run those communities? And, and um, like Dirk said, it started all with that first so-called planned onboarding conference. Um, and there we, we founded the first few, um, few um, communities. Um, we also, for example, started a, an architecture community, so more technology focused, which failed at the first step um, because we did not have just, um, we did not have that people um, joining us. So, and um, like last year, in end of last year, one guy from, from one brand came and from the Audi brand and said, why do we not have a kind of that community? And I said, you're happy to do that. So I'm open to that you can start it. So we even do not um, start a community from the uh, Volkswagen group, uh, group. So we try to build our communities, have the leaders um, outside in the brands and, and plans, for example. So that's that's also one of the um, key learnings. Same for like partners. So we'll try it in the beginning. Um, we'll try to onboard as many partners, partner companies as we can doing little POCs um, and they never come to, to production. So this is also a learning that we'll take, uh, we'll slow down a little bit. We take exclusively a few partners and bring them um, and support them to get onboarded to the DPP until um, they, uh, they go into production. Yeah, as you know, we are also focusing with platforms for future on the sustainability aspect. So we, we think uh, each platform we build should be also a, 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 yeah, a sustainable platform with a positive contribution to the society and, and to the environment. Um, how does um, the DPP maybe provide also um, a positive impact to the society or maybe to the to the environment? Yeah, so um, 
one one um, important uh, role of the DPP in in our go to zero activities is uh, setting the foundation for all the use cases that are covering um, that are covering the measurement of energy consumption um, that are covering the collection of data regarding this go to zero strategy and uh, so that's also one of our uh, communities uh, building use cases to uh, manage uh, the energy consumption and as a group we are following a, a, a strict idea to to be uh, to be uh, uh, carbon neutral uh, till 2050 and uh, so we are currently following uh, targets there and these targets are mainly measured by systems running on the dpp and in addition to that so also in the it we have uh, activities to measure our footprint um, by our systems we'll provide to our customers and so we try also to reduce that footprint um, but therefore also you need to measure it in, and it depends in which data center in which cloud in which region you host your workloads and if you can reduce that um, and, in, and use that effectively Okay, so um, you started by saying that uh, uh, initially, uh, uh, when you started back in 2018, uh, the goal was to support the overall company strategy. How do you feel, so like three years into it, or two, two and a half years into it, how do you feel this, is, uh, this initiative, this uh, uh, platform is supporting that strategy? Have you achieved or partially achieved that uh, that uh, that goal? Um, yes, I think uh, I think we 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 support uh, we support our uh, vision. We support our uh, um, company uh, in in bringing these effects uh, into the world. Uh, we we have the honor to to report every two to three months to the board of directors for production. And uh, they are currently uh, relying on us. Uh, they give us positive feedback and uh, they trigger their teams uh, to make use of the DPP. So we have an, an, an cloud first strategy that is signed by all the uh, directors and uh, the teams that are now bringing new stuff uh, in the world uh, are doing this based on the DPP. Um, yeah, looking at the time, um, so thank you for all the uh, great insights about the DPP. Um, let's come to a last question to both of you. So you are executives, you are driving this initiative. Uh, what would be your single most important advice you would like to give and hand over to other executives, maybe trying the same approach, trying to also consider building a platform? So what would be your, maybe a learn, major learning you went through or major thing you would like to give to other executives? Maybe Mark, yeah. <laughs> so um, when we have on that journey, we have been talking also to other companies uh, building platforms. And then what we've definitely learned, this is a marathon. It's not a sprint. And um, one of the most important things also is a trust. Uh, trust in your colleagues, trust in the organization, and trust in your vision. And keep keep always going with your vision. We factor that or sometimes we think about if you're on the, um, on, on the right way. And then at least what we've definitely learned from AWS is always working backwards from the customer. So again, for the listeners, uh, as soon as you mentioned the magic word that I 
actually <laughs> thought I would not have time to mention today. Trust, I uh, started smiling and Matthias is teasing me on this, but I'm glad you mentioned this because actually that was going to be one of my questions. So, but um yeah, to conclude, uh, thank you very much. As Mathias said, it's been uh, really, really great uh, insights uh, for 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 us and for the listeners. Um, maybe uh, we'll have to, no, not maybe, for sure, we'll have to invite you again. No, thank you both for joining and uh, giving those great insights and also your advices. Um, yeah, and as Natalie mentioned, maybe we can have a second episode going more into the details of your use cases because I think our listeners, um, they are interested in B2B platforms and so they are very, very curious about learning more about uh, detailed uh, use cases and how can you really, what kind of use cases you can really realize with an IoT platform, a B2B platform. So maybe there's a chance to have a second episode about that later on. Um, but yes, um, so far, thank you very much. Um, all the best for the to continue your journey and achieving your narrative. Um, and yeah, thank you for joining. Thank you. Thank you too. Thanks to you.